Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's newsmakers and in the spotlight. But first, we jo- off- we offer up to you a new episode of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Wednesday, December 8th. That's t- Thursday, December 9th, if you're joining us via shortwave. I'm John Van Trieste, and here in the studio with me today is Leslie Liao. Hello! Coming up next, we're going to be telling you about the government's plans to reduce abuses of people reporting parking violations and abuses of people playing the uh, receipt lottery here in Taiwan. We're also going to be telling you about a new way, an exciting new way that should be coming up soon to get from here to the outlying islands of Mazu, which is definitely on my bucket list. I'm mm. glad that there's a new way to get there because it can be tricky. All that coming up next. Please stick around. I wanted to tell you about the government's bid to try and get all of the COVID vaccine doses we have into people's arms before they expire. Oh. They've got expiration dates, and it can be very hard to like manage, you know, uh, how many people get what when. Yeah. Part of the problem is the inspection process when they arrive at customs is so lengthy. I don't really understand what that's about, but that's what they do. They sit there. In the airport and are inspected by health officials, I guess, for a while. So, uh, yeah, there's a very short time frame, I guess, to get a lot of them into people's arms. And so the idea here, they've announced this on Monday this week, is to uh, get even uh, runaway migrant workers and other visa overstayers t- to get them. Because uh-huh. they want everybody, even people who are not here legally. So people who aren't to allowed to be here. Arm. Yeah, and they won't arrest you, they said. Oh, wow. Well, that's a um, good promise. Yeah, uh, that's to prevent near, nearly expired doses of the Moderna vaccine from going to waste. Uh, and, you know, it's very convenient. Some places they have, like, supermarkets give, and other public venues giving them out. There's a park in your here where you can, they've got a whole bunch of stools lined up, and every morning there was a whole crowd. Out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, that's There's good to know. Out there. Uh, supermarkets, department stores, everywhere. So they even give you like vouchers in some some places. I heard about that. Um, not a lot, not worth a huge amount, like three dollars US, but still free money. And I like free money. I, exactly. Uh, and yeah, some there are tens of thousands of doses in some of these batches. The biggest one is like over forty five thousand doses that are going to expire. Like, well, the last one is going to expire this week Sunday. Oh dear. Forty five thousand doses that going to waste. Oh no, is that? And, and that's what, just one of them. Moderna? Yeah, another one, 34,000 plus doses expired yesterday. Oh, no. So time is running out. And, I mean, we're doing well. 13,000 to 14,000 doses of the Moderna vaccine alone are being administered each day in Taiwan on average. But still, with so many, with the sort of time frame, getting some of these larger batches that haven't been used up into people's arms quickly enough can be hard. 
So Chenzhou Zhong, our health minister, uh, said we can fully guarantee—that's his words—that mm. uh, people coming out to get vaccinated who've overstayed their visa or are migrant workers who've run away from their employers for whatever reason can get vaccinated without any repercussions. However, he says he can't make guarantees for people who are on the run for other crimes. Oh, like from the. Uh, so, uh, um, it's not an immigration violation. Yeah. It's, uh, more technical criminal yeah all you got to do is produce if anyone's overstayed their visa here to produce their expired residence permit their national health insurance card which everyone is issued with or they're just their passport mm. and that's it uh so they really want full coverage yeah there's a kind of a, a, a vaccine amnesty it's a good i mean it's a good cause right you don't want these vaccines to expire want, especially in well, taiwan and where... you don't want to any um whole in immune herd uh, herd immunity that's true as many people as possible no matter what and it's i i thought there was still time before uh doses expired but i yeah. guess not the first batch already did huh there's another if you're listening to this now on thursday mm. about over uh, close to six thousand doses are going out that day too oh dear so of the moderna and that's just the moderna vaccine so uh, i think you know um actually that's that's pretty reasonable it's a for for the pub for the, the sake of the the nation and public health here. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, but I don't know what you think. Leave us a note on Facebook to let us know your opinion. Yeah, tell us what you think. So, people in Taiwan, mm. due to various government um, policies, I might add, mm. can be. A, Tattletales. <laughs> yes, they can. Uh, there, they, there have been many, from cigarette butts to all sorts of other things. Uh, yeah, there, there have been over the years. Not all of them are current because some people went overboard mm. uh, and claim actually a lot of money for like for reporting minor violations of whatever law. Yeah. Um, uh, and now they're trying to uh, take that away from people because it's gone a bit crazy with par reporting parking violations. They're trying to downsize it. So the legislature passed an amendment to a law which um, decreased the number of traffic violations that can be reported to the police by members of, uh, of the public to 46. Now per person? Uh, not, just like 46 items or 40, 46 categories oh, of violations. 46 that types they, of violations. Yeah. yeah, okay. And uh, they were made... And this is... This law was came because police were just like, we get way too many complaints on a regular basis, yeah. and we can't process all of them. That makes sense. Taiwan, in, in addition to having lots of people tattling, has a lot of people who park illegally. Parking and, properly is not something we do well here. And not just that, but the police also have to handle all sorts of, like, minor problems, yeah. I would dare say. And so uh, you see them blatantly walking past illegally in fact whole rows of illegally parked scooters yeah, in so some cases because they got bigger fish to fry i've seen actually even a guy who was so mad that they had a no parking line mm -hmm. that he painted over it in black oh wow and it was like a, a recurring i'm not sure what the current status is but for a while uh -huh. near me there was a recurrent battle between the government would come along and paint the red line and he'd come with a bunch of tar or whatever and paint over it. Uh, that's, a, that's a guy but who's we, prepared i guess we, we, these things happen here <clears throat> so um so the the law in question is the road traffic management and penalty act and article 7-1 of that law says members of the general public can submit factual accounts evidence and information regarding any traffic violation of the authorities so that just doesn't include like calling people but like you can take pictures on the cell phone and upload to the government yeah. website um but now the government <clears throat> Now the police say, well, we got 1.53 million uh, publicly reported cases in 2016. Yeah. And in 2020, we got close to 6 million. 
So that's a sharp rise. I think so, maybe um, the way to deal with this is to increase penalties and have them enforced. Because I know if I were a very petty person, uh, like some of these people are, um, I would have uh, daily reports. I live in an area, you've been there, with yeah. very extremely narrow passageways, and they're all constantly blocked by people who think the side of these, the shoulders of these narrow alleyways are their their personal parking space yeah i've i've driven in your neighborhood even, before even for pedestrians it's a nightmare yeah the roads are clogged and all the of the um places where like storefronts people u- use them as their personal scooter parking lots so yeah i can understand why they get so many complaints yeah um so like parking violations have been removed however types of violations that can still be reported uh include moving violations which are which are riding a scooter without a helmet which is a big one in taiwan yeah. lighting a cigarette while driving i didn't realize that was a finable offense yeah, holding a mobile phone while driving which is a finable offense but a lot of people do it yeah. zigzagging or operating a vehicle in a dangerous manner so i guess i don't know like is there a clear-cut parameter for what constitutes uh, dangerous driving uh there's also overtaking making a u-turn illegal u-turns that and, happens all the time yeah that happens a lot uh and running a red light or traversing a railroad crossing when gates are lowered wow people do that well that's that's uh well i guess it's bad for the train but otherwise i'd say darwin award <laughs> i guess so uh the non-moving violations that can still be reported are double parking occupying parking spaces uh handicapped parking spaces and illegally parking at bus stops that's a big one yeah, like, it happens near me, and it makes it so that the people who want to get on a bus have a difficult time. Yeah, and that's that, but the yeah, but the police have zero tolerance for stuff like that, and that's that's just awful. Like blocking people trying to get up, yeah. get on buses, um, and um, they only say that at once per intersection. Every intersection can only have one reported incident every six minutes, just to, like space it out. Huh. Yeah, so I think the better thing would for, for for them to just like enforce these things. What they've got cameras, they've got they do right. I mean, I mean, they do occasionally. For instance, with p- scooters that are blocking the way, they'll come along with these tow not tow trucks, but they'll just pile them in the back of this flatbed and tow- and take them away. But yeah. I think they don't do it often enough. Uh, they got to make people f- fear. There's <laughs> <laughs> it, it it very little deterrent. People are willing to take that risk. Yeah. So that's what that's the latest and greatest in uh, traffic news. Oh, no. Well, if we didn't have traffic issues, what would the local news report on, honestly? Uh, rising <laughs> fried chicken prices, John? They did that. All right. Uh, another thing that is rife with abuse is our receipt lottery. Now, for those who have not been to Taiwan before, we should explain mm. before we go any further. Um, people are given a receipt, no matter what they buy, unless it's at a, like a roadside vendor. Yeah. Any place with a cash, uh, cash machine, basically has to, by law, give you a receipt. And the idea being that this prevents the vendors from evading sales tax or taxes. And to uh, encourage people to, I guess, collect the receipts. And mm. now you can you can scan them with a QR code on your phone. Digital, yeah. So they're stored digitally. Yeah. At the end of every two months, they give out prizes for people whose receipts have certain numbers. So yes. people do hold on to receipts in Taiwan. Unfortunately, people have learned to game the system. Uh, for a number of years, there have been, I've read stories every once in a while about people buying a lot of very small things, mm. like individual eggs. Yeah, 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 one at a time. One at a time, in order to increase the number of receipts they get without having to spend a lot of money. There was also a guy at a gas station who would just buy $1 worth of gas every time. Every, yeah, but yeah. like slowly fill his tank. Yeah, and slowly each time fill get a receipt. Tank. 
they're cracking down on that now too. That's what's good. That's what the Ministry of Finance said on Tuesday. Who is the entity that issues this prize? The, the prizes. Uh, they said beginning January first of 2022, people who make a large number of small amount purchases without them, with what the ministry considers to be valid reason. So I guess you can appeal the decision if you get yeah. denied. Uh, we'll not be able to claim any cash reward from a certain number of winning invoices garnered through such purchases. However, the interesting thing is the Ministry of Finance does not define what constitutes large number and small amount and certain number for each draw. Um, they said disclosing such information could give those attempting to game the system room to maneuver. Yeah. So this is this is where they say we're not going to tell you the rules because if we do tell you the rules, you're just going to find some loopholes. This holes. one bothers me a lot less than the parking because I've mm. never been stuck in in a line behind someone doing this. So yeah, I, I mean, think, I think in any case, uh, the cashiers will won't do won't give them multiple receipts. They have to keep going to the back of the line. Like it's their own time they're wasting. Yeah. But that's a, that's a, that's a good point. So it's actually. not like a social ill, like like blocking the streets yeah. or U-turning illegally. Um, this came this like news of this came maybe uh two months ago when people were found to have gotten like twenty thousand, like half a month's worth of salary from receipts, but like they they had like two thousand, three thousand receipts for a month, and that's that's insane. Um, the move comes after a man bought over he bought one thousand. Uh, garbage bags individually individually for one new Taiwan dollar each so well, he, he must got, have either got, had to go to a lot of different stores or bought one and gone to the back of the line and bought another one because well he also bought if you bought if you were to all put them on mm, the, the you know in front of the cashier at once they yeah. just give you one receipt for yeah. it yeah to get the multiple receipts you got to keep going back and he must have walked all around town buying trash bags at every not just trash bags shop. but envelopes too so he bought well, they're sold in packets, though, so it must have been a lot of packets of envelopes. It says here he was buying them for two NT each. So in it's post not offices? just. I guess so. In post offices, or maybe there are some, you know, souvenir uh, no, envelope stores. Envelope stores <laughs> that just specialize in cheap envelopes, one at a time. So, th- and he won eighty four hundred uh, new Taiwan dollars in the bi monthly draw, and I win maybe two hundred new Taiwan dollars every half a year. Yeah, um, I've only won once. And it was like two dollars U.S. Yeah, it was nothing, not not worth the trouble of collecting all those receipts and checking the numbers at the end of the month. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, uh, I guess they, they, we have too many people gaming too many different systems or ignoring too many different laws. We really uh, need to crack down on those things. pause here for a moment to check on the comments yeah let's see what we i'm just in the middle of replying to uh jiwei hong who asks does this program change the showtime i used to watch in the afternoon and uh yes jiwei in an effort to get out more consistently uh we well to attract more listeners yeah we uh we, we started uh, conducting this program at 1, 1 p.m every day or at least we try time. to um, Nazir Aziz, hello Nazir, he says, severe pressure on health department due to COVID. And I think that's the case across the board all around the world, right? Yeah, we're doing okay, though. We don't have Omicron yet. Not yet. Um, I don't know. We had 21 imported cases yesterday. Uh, well, it could just be a matter of time then, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Nazir Aziz says, strict traffic laws are being implemented in Pakistan recently. And Taiwan's pretty strict about traffic laws, too. When people are caught. When people are caught. So speeding cameras, yes. Yeah. But illegal parking, not so much. <laughs> uh, Shamsuddin Saki Abidi Mubarakpuri says, Hi, nice program. Thanks, and thank you for joining us. Sechio Budiono just gives us a big thumbs up. All right. Well, let's go on now to Mazu, which is a collection of small islands that are administered from Taiwan, but really in many cases 
are within sight of China, mm. the coast there. Um, so they're across the strait and getting there. Have you been? Because it's, I've heard it's wonderful things about it. No, I have there. not been. I've only ever been on Taiwan, the main island. Yeah, uh, they have a lot of interesting sites. It's, of course, being so close to China, a lot of military history, mm. but also a unique local culture. The islanders even speak their own language. It's quite different. Really? It's like Fuzhou Hua. Huh. It's different from any local language spoken anywhere else in Taiwan. They have their own, you know, foods, uh, a lot of interesting things going on there. I imagine. Um, and uh, uh, I think one of the most, I don't know, I think most people appreciate it for its sort of rugged topography on its, its, and the sea views yeah it's very wind if you imagine a windswept set of aisles that's sort of what we're talking about i um, mean you might as well be describing another country to me. I've, I've never been out there i've only ever heard of it's them. always far colder there than in taiwan proper but uh yeah and lots of people of course with the borders closed have been doing domestic travel but getting to mazu not so easy there are two ferries that take eight to ten hours one way wow that long. And it's like an overnight trip, I think. And I've heard lots of seasickness is involved. That sounds about right. And that doesn't sound very pleasant. But for me, the other option is even less appealing. That's going by airplane. They're tiny little puddle jumpers, prop jets. And uh, I don't really think our domestic airlines are the safest in the world. There was there was a, that crash that happened actually quite near to where I was living at the time of a domestic flight going to another outlying island in 2015, I want to say. Oh, is that the one that, that yes. got caught on dash cam camera? Yes. Okay, I remember one. that one. And it's the same kind of plane. It's, in a lot of cases, the same. I think that airline went out of business, but I don't trust them. Uh, Those I'm, planes are very old, right? They like, look flimsy. Usually, they're pretty old. Yeah, and, and on top of that, even if you aren't afraid of flying, the flights are often interrupted by the thick fog that covers the islands a lot of the time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so actually, there are two airports on the islands. There are a group of them. Mm -hmm. um, so but there's a new way. And I've heard that even though it's not going to go into operation until April, tickets are already sold out. What is it? It's a new ferry operated by the two companies, uh -huh. North and South Shipping Company and Easy Travel Co., uh, it's a high-speed ferry that'll just take three hours. Oh wow! It was like a speedboat. Yeah, it's a well, it's a ferry, but it moves fast. That sounds really fast. It cuts time by th like a th like two-thirds, man. And it can carry close to three hundred passengers at a time. Wow! Now they're not going to be daily sailings, but the idea is that they're going to be able to bring over eight thousand tourists to the islands each month. Well, that's good. That's going to help the island definitely. Three hours, I could do. Eight hours, eight, eight to, to ten, ten hours, not so much. And I've heard it's quite rocky passage across it. The Taiwan Strait is known for not being the nicest. Notorious. Um, yeah, and they're 40, they look like, I guess they are rather small ships, 49 meters in length. But yes. a maximum speed of 76 kilometers per hour. Um, the tickets are reasonable. How, how much? Uh, close to 2,000 NT dollars, which is about... 60 70 us yeah that sounds cheaper than than what a flight would cost yes. there i'm guessing yeah um and it's also good for mods residents who want to come to taiwan because uh and not to mention military personnel a lot of people are posted there oh yeah they're it's, it's it used to be in the old days a notorious place to be stuck Oh, for for uh, for conscription yes. in the army. If we were if you were drafted and sent there, you wouldn't go home for months. Yeah, or you hear from them. They were closed off until I think 1992. I want to say. Oh wow, that long. Yeah, ordinary civilians couldn't even go there if you weren't a local resident. So, yeah, it's uh, now these days quite popular, especially during the summer mm -hmm. when you can hang out by the. I don't. I think the seashores there are quite rocky, but. Um, 
uh, they look rocky in the photos, uh, but the the thing that the, that the islands have become famous for are these bioluminescent, I want to say algae. Uh, yeah, I think I've heard of that, that before. That give an off an eerie glow, blue glow in the waters. Yeah, but it looks they beautiful, spark, man. They sparkle. A lot of people thought, like, when they first At saw night. it, I remember it was, like, extraterrestrial. It looks like it in the photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I've always wanted to see it in person, but I'm not getting on one of those planes. Well, and a 10-hour... You got a, a long hour ferry now. Doesn't look three, yeah, well, if you can get a seat, like I said, sold out. For the first month? Yeah. So you've never been to any of our I've islands? I've never been to the outlying because islands. Because Taiwan itself is a big island, but we have lots of smaller ones around yeah. us. Have you ever been to any? Penghu. Penghu? Penghu? I hear Penghu's nice. I took a boat there. How long did that take? 90 minutes. Really? Yeah, one bad. Penghu's that, fa- that that close? Yeah. Oh. Well, maybe more like an hour. I always thought, because it it's in the middle between Jinmen and... It's halfway in, in, the, in the middle of the strait. Um, yeah, no, the ferries are quite... I had good weather. So okay. It was quite comfortable. We, are so the I waters imagine, as treacherous as, as they say? Well, it was, the, it was a, like I said, good weather, so it was gotcha. fine. Gotcha. Uh, you didn't feel any rocking or anything. Mm. Uh, this one I would like to check out someday. Uh, again, when you can get tickets. Definitely. Uh, I'm not sure when that will be. I, it's good for their economy, too. 8,000 tourists. They're already quite a tourism-heavy place. Hey, uh, they got to rely on that. Because there's not a lot else like locally going on there except maybe like seafood. I know they're famous for their their clam, their mussels. Oh, are they? Yeah, yeah. You don't really get a lot of mussels in Taiwan, actually. That's well, where they get. That's where they raise them. Oh, the very cool waters there. Well, and, the more you know. Um, yeah, they're quite well known for their seafood yeah. and. Because Taiwan's very keen on clams and oysters, at least where we live. <laughs> mussels, not so much. Yeah, the, huh. well, um, and they're also known for their uh, extremely. Alcoholic beverages. They make their own gaoliang there. Oh, do they? Over a Mazu? Wow. And I've heard that, and I don't like this stuff. It's like rocket fuel. But I've heard that unlike its more famous cousin, which is made on another island called Zinman, mm. uh, the stuff there is uh, has a different, it's like wines. The region's different, so the results is different. But where do they get the sorghum from? Do they get it I from? I think they grow it. Oh, wow. They might import it. It's a small days. island, so... Yeah, um, and like I said, there are a number of islands to check out there, actually. Mm. And, and there's going to be one ferry that plies in between them, so that one of these fast boats. So while so you can sail over and then explore. I see. It's a huge, yeah, it's, it spans a huge distance, too, huh? Quite a number of interesting things to see there. No national parks, unfortunately. Uh, unlike in Jinmen, where there is a national park dedicated to military history, the, the Mazu Islands have been more or less uh, left the way they are. However, uh, if you want to, you know, get a maritime adventure, I would say go, man. Just just as a different part of the world or a different part of the country that you never knew happened. Have you got any comments coming in? No, nothing new. We got a we we got some good listeners today. Not so many question askers. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that's about all we got. So you so which island would you most want to visit? Though? I think I want to go to Penghu actually, because Penghu is it's, uh, Penghu is much closer. Yeah, it's much closer. So I think that's a very good. Uh, it's a very good beginner island to check out. Uh, Green Island is also. I hear some nice I've things there. about there. How's that? Uh, also about a ninety minute. No, more like an. That one's closer, I think, like a half-hour ferry ride. Oh, wow. Uh, I also got was lucky with good weather that day. You, you're just a good weather man, aren't you? Um, yeah. Have you ever had bad weather when you ever traveled? Well, those are the only two ones I've been to, the islands. Okay. Uh, I would like mostly to go to Orchid Island. Oh, Lanyu, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, which is way out in the Pacific. Yeah, yeah. But it also, again, administered from Taiwan. I just haven't had 
the one time I was set to go, there was a typhoon and it got the trip got canceled. Oh, that's so. unfortunate. Yeah, but uh, uh, I think three hours. Uh, Mazu for me up to this point until I heard this news was kind of like eh, yeah. off off the um off the table. I'm not getting in one of those planes or vomiting for high 10 speed hours. ferry, John. Just yeah. for you, man. There we go. Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to everyone who joined us and left a comment. I'm John Ventrias. And I'm Leslie Liao. Don't go anywhere just yet, because coming up next, it's Newsmakers and In the Spotlight. Makers, a look at Taiwan's movers and shakers. Hello, and welcome to Newsmakers. In this week's edition, we take a look at one of the most colorful personalities in Taiwanese politics, the heavy metal star turned politician Freddie Lim. Lim has been in the headlines recently for his human rights advocacy, but he's also facing a recall vote that might force him out of the Legislative Yuan, Taiwan's lawmaking body. Before we get into the specifics, though, let's take a look at the man himself. Lim was born in 1976 in Taipei. Freddie claims that in his early years, he was a supporter of Taiwan reunifying with China. He says he developed this position because of textbooks used in Taiwanese schools at the time, which focused disproportionately on Chinese culture and history. In high school, he discovered metal rock music while going through family difficulties and dealing with the divorce of his parents. He says the heavy, powerful music allowed him to relax and vent pent-up emotions. He chose his English name Freddy himself after the fictional character Freddy Krueger from the horror movie series A Nightmare on Elm Street. Lim's views on Taiwan started to change in college when he began to increasingly identify as a Taiwanese. As a sophomore, he started his now world-famous band Sanling. Its English name, Chthonic, derives from Classical Greek and literally means subterranean. It is associated with the deities and spirits of the underworld. The band plays expansive, melodic heavy metal. The lyrics often engage with Taiwan's history, mythology, and geopolitical situation. Chthonic incorporates traditional instruments and melodies in their music, but Taiwanese cultural influences can also be found in their stage presence and attire. The band gained popularity, first in Taiwan and then internationally, starting in the early 2000s. Their fourth studio album, Sidiq Bale, is largely credited for kickstarting the band's international fame. It was inspired by the Wusa Rebellion of 1930, which was the last major uprising of Taiwan's indigenous population against Japanese colonial rule. Over the years, Chthonic acquired an increasingly political overtone. In their music, Lim and Chthonic deal with historical burdens like Taiwan's colonial past or the period of martial law and authoritarian rule by the Guomindang, also known as the White Terror. However, the band does not shy away from modern problems. Doris Ye, Chthonic's bassist and Freddie Lim's wife, has often spoken out about issues like gender discrimination and Hong Kong's pro-democracy movements. 
In 2007, the band went on a tour of the United States called UN Limited Taiwan, through which they wanted to bring attention to Taiwan's exclusion from United Nations structures. Freddie Lim was active in the public sphere even before his official debut in politics. In 2010, he was elected to lead the Taiwanese chapter of Amnesty International, a global human rights watchdog. He held that position until 2014. That same year, Taiwan saw the emergence of the student-led Sunflower Movement, which occupied the legislative UN for almost a month. The movement opposed attempts by the then-ruling KMT to pass the Cross-Strait Service Trade Agreement without adhering to the proper legislative process. In the end, the proposed bill was scrapped. This was a turning point for Freddie Lim. He felt he could no longer remain on the sidelines and decided to actively take part in Taiwanese politics. In 2015, Lim became one of the founders of the New Power Party, which espoused the ideas of universal human rights, civil and political liberties, and Taiwan independence. By this point, Lim's position on cross-strait relations had changed dramatically. From a supporter of unification as a youth, he became a supporter of Taiwan's formal independence. In 2016, Lim won a seat in the Legislative Yuan and became a legislator. He served on the Foreign and National Defense Committee, formed and led a Tibet caucus, and supported a host of progressive policies like the abolition of capital punishment, legalization of same-sex marriage, and marijuana use in Taiwan. In 2020, he ran for re-election as an independent and once again defeated a KMT candidate in Taipei's 5th district. When politics isn't keeping him too busy, 45-year-old Freddie Lim remains an active musician, albeit performing less often than before. One of Chthonic's recent performances included the digitized voice of Audrey Tang, Taiwan's digital minister and a longtime fan of the band. He also co-hosts a podcast in English called Metalhead Politics. It seems, however, that not everyone is happy with Freddie Lim as a legislator. Last week, the Central Election Commission announced that a recall movement against him had gathered enough signatures to trigger a recall vote. Lim's constituents will go to the polls again in early January to decide whether they want to keep him as their representative. This is largely seen as political revenge by the KMT. Last year, KMT's mayor of Kaohsiung, an unsuccessful presidential candidate Han Guoyu, lost his position in a similar vote. In the meantime, though, Lim keeps himself busy. On Wednesday this week, he joined human rights activists and other politicians in calling for a diplomatic boycott of the 2022 Winter Olympic Games in Beijing. He said that the whole world is now paying attention to human rights abuses in Xinjiang, Tibet and Hong Kong, and Taiwan shouldn't stay idle. That brings us to the end of this episode of Newsmakers. Join me next week for another look at Taiwan's movers and shakers.
Ladies and gentlemen, here's Shirley Lin with In the Spotlight. Hello there. You just tuned into In the Spotlight. I'm Shirley Lin, and with me in the studio, I have Jenna Tata, who is a logistician at Compass Ocean Logistics, and she is also the proud founder of Women in Logistics Club.、Um, now, Jenna、uh, was well. <laughs> she said she was conceived here in Taiwan, <laughs> but then she actually gave was given birth, you know,、uh, in back home in Syria. Oh yeah, that's right. She's from Syria, by the way. And the、uh, thing is that then she came back to Taiwan, and when she was only thirty days old. Anyway, let's all meet Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Shirley. Thanks for having me here. No problem. Yeah, it's just really neat. I understand that、um, the Syrian community is not very big here in Taiwan.、Mm, almost non-existent.、Oh, non-existent. Yeah. yeah. And but、um, but your parents came or moved to Taiwan、uh, because of your dad's business. Yes, my father actually came to Taiwan in the eighties. He wasn't even married then. Oh, okay. Huh. Yes, and、um, back then、uh, everyone was coming to Taiwan because Taiwan was like China. Everything is made in Taiwan outside of you know、yeah. the international community. So if you wanted to do business and trading, you had to come to Taiwan.、Mm. And、oh. that's how he got here in the first place. So、oh, okay. I guess that he loved it, and there was a lot of potential, and so he started his business and settled down here. I see.、And、has been here ever since. Ever since. Yes. Right, and and、um, so he started a trading company. Yes. In what kind of products? Well, all commodities, because、oh, you know,、okay. back then, as I was saying, in the eighties, everything you find anywhere was made in Taiwan. Made in Taiwan. Just like how we see now, everything is made in made China. Made in China. Yes, I know. Exactly、I、the know. same. Yeah. So wow, that is so cool.、Um, so anyway, you studied here. You know, all through college. In fact, you went、yes. to Mintran University, which is just walking distance from、yes. RTI,、yep. and uh, uh, majoring in mass communications and journalism. And ju- and journalism.、Yes. Oh, okay, so it seems like you were destined to become a journalist. Yes,、But、supposedly. Then, supposedly. <laughs> I guess the timing was wrong. Uh-huh. I mean, when I graduated, there were not many opportunities for foreigners in Taiwan to work in the media industry. Right. I see. I see. Yeah, because that was back in. Uh, you graduated in twenty ten. Twenty ten, yeah. Was yeah. that not long ago? Not it feels long. so long ago. <laughs> no, it's not long ago. You know, it's interesting because you were saying、mm. that you you actually came to RTI before. Yes, a school trip. <laughs> a school trip. Yeah, got a tour of the building and、yes. everything. Okay. So, but、um, anyway, after you graduated,、mm. just because of lack of、um, you know、um, job opportunities. For foreigners, so mostly, that's why mostly, mostly this has this was a big topic back then. A lot of my classmates had to move back home or find o- other opportunities because just the, the, the uh, job uh, opportunities? opportunities in Taiwan was just not so open. You know, here we have to worry about getting the ARCs and getting companies to hire us and go through all that process. Right,、I、ARC was, stands、yes. for Alien Residence Resident. Certificate. Okay, yes. So,、mm-hmm. f- and in order for a company to hire you, they also have to have enough capital in order. To apply it for you, so a lot of the local companies didn't want. It's very mafan, you know,、mm, for them. A, a yes, troublesome, troublesome,、right. yeah.、Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to go through that,、mm. and that's why we didn't have as much opportunities. Oh, okay. Now you were in a class with mostly foreign students. Yes, because I was in the international college. Okay, okay, and everything was taught in English. Yes, everything in English. Okay. Wait a minute, international college. Wasn't that over somewhere else instead of? It was in Taoyuan campus. Yeah. Yeah. So I was I commuting. Yeah. 
Uh, oh, you were commuting. Yeah, but in my fourth year, I took classes in Taipei campus, so that's oh, why I, I was see. in Taipei. Oh, I get it. Yes. Got it. Oh. I actually graduated. I finished my credit limits in three years, but I couldn't graduate earlier because the university policies didn't allow you to. No kidding. Yes. I didn't know that. We're so strict <laughs> yeah. about that. They were pretty strict back then, so I had to stay for an additional year just to you know, fulfill the requirement. And right. since I finished all my credits, I didn't want to, you know, busy myself with studying. Yeah. <laughs> so I switched to Taipei campus and took uh, golf, tennis, and <laughs> Spanish to fill up my credit to the limit. This is funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Now you must be a smart kid to have finished in three years. I mean, mm, you know. Well, I don't know. It's a bit, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be biased, but because I went to the European school. And right. so I studied in the British uh, curriculum. Okay. So coming to Mingchuan University, the curriculum was much, you know, I don't want to say easier, <laughs> but it wasn't as challenging. Okay. So it was easy for me to get through school. Oh. Yes. Wow. And they actually let you be an exception. Exception, yeah. Yeah. To, to have finished, but then not being able to let you graduate. Now, yeah, that's yeah. ironic. Yes, yes. Yeah. But anyway, very interesting. Well, at least you got to take some golf and yeah. what was the other thing? Tennis. Tennis. <laughs> and uh, Spanish. And Spanish. Yeah. Oh, okay. So are you sportive? Uh, yeah, I guess I could say that. Yeah. So yeah. have you kept, kept up the golf and the golf? The tennis? No. <laughs> the tennis I used to play when I was younger, but not anymore. You know, with uh, my current job, there's almost not enough time for you to do anything, no social activities at all. Uh, so I have to squeeze in my gym time at my lunch break. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Huh. All right. So um, actually, after you graduated, you said you were home in Syria for yes. a year yep. because you, you know, you never really understood your home country. So you spent a year there. Yes. And that's when you, oh, you worked for a magazine or something? Yes, a magazine, Syria? a social magazine. Okay. More like a tabloid because most of the content in there was pictures of, you know, the social eats. <laughs> Just pictures. <laughs> yes, pictures and, you know, with uh, very minimal text, like who is who, who went, where, they did what. So and advertisements. So you were like a photographer slash journalist? No, I was not the photographer. I was uh, the content manager. Oh, okay. So I had to see, what, say what goes in the magazine and what doesn't. Right. Okay. Yeah. Besides it. that, you know, just um, find more advertisers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. So actually for that one year, you kind of put to good use your mm. major, yes. uh, mass communication true, major true. and journalism. But then after you came back and started working for your dad's company. Yes. Yeah, in trades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, that kind of helped you along into logistics. Uh, right yeah, now. a part of it had to do with logistics because, of course, once he gets the order, he has to arrange the shipping either by sea or by air. So I already had some sort of background into the um, what, what is it, it's all about. Mm -hmm. And uh, ever since I was little, actually, uh, I always was, you know, daddy's little girl. Mm. I was always going with him to work, to the factories, even when he travels. He always took us traveling when he was on business trips. Mm -hmm. So we already have this like sense of, you know, business style uh, background. Yeah. And we understand, you know, what goes into production line and all of these things. So I had a, my background allowed me to get this job because mm -hmm. I understood, I had the basics basically. You're listening to In the Spotlight with Shirley Lin. I'm speaking with Jenna Tata, who is logistician at 
Compass Ocean Logistics in Taiwan. I know what logistics is, right? But I never really understood what goes into, you know, maybe your everyday work. Okay, well, it's like, very vast. It's a huge topic. I mean, I could stay here all day and talk about it. It oh, covers a lot I of. I wish the, we <laughs> had that time. Yeah, I, I really want to learn. Right, but to um, narrow it down, logistics basically covers everything that goes from uh, picking up the cargo from the supplier mm -hmm. it, to delivering it to the other end. Mm -hmm. So from trucking to customs clearance to warehousing, um, arranging the transportation by sea or by air, and then the same thing on the other side. So there's a lot of details that goes into it, oh, you know, okay. and some suppliers like uh, major companies uh, require warehousing services. Uh -huh. So that's just that's a whole other. That's your job? That's part as of my job. Yes, yeah, as, as a logistician. Yeah, but that's a whole other um how shall we call it like segment mm -hmm. which uh requires a whole different department to take care of and not everybody you know needs this kind of service so usually we stick to the basics like um arranging shipment by sea or by air okay okay you have to get to know all these airline companies airlines make shipping friends lines. with them yes <laughs> <laughs> and the shipping companies yes do you also like go on what do you call it um Inzho. yes all yeah, um what do they call that? It's like social dinners. Social you know? dinners, yeah. I you have do. to constantly. Yeah, I have one tomorrow actually. Had one yesterday. Uh, there's uh, many going on all week long. There are a lot of logistics companies in Taiwan. In Taiwan. Yes, there's I think over three thousand of them. So there's a lot of competition. A lot of competition, mostly because the uh, world's two largest liners in the like top you know 15 20 two of three of them are Taiwanese evergreen I know yes and then Yaming line oh okay and one high by the way so Jenna mm -hmm. um, grew up here and studied even though you studied at a European school mm. but you're fluent in Chinese yes yeah that's why mm -hmm. you know we, we were like stuck at some vocabulary in yeah, right <laughs> what the English was so um, you actually, when you go to these social dinners, mm -hmm. you are communicating, I mean, you're having dinner with yeah. Taiwanese shipping companies yes. and warehouse companies or whatever, mm -hmm. the big boss and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So sure. they must be amazed at the fact that you're a foreigner, but actually you're so fluent in Chinese, you know, sounding like a local. Yes, I get that all the time. Actually, when I'm on the phone with a lot of people, they don't know I'm a foreigner until they meet me. Right. Right. That's happened. So, yeah. Well, that's happened to me. Yeah, well, maybe. To you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Now, how do you sell yourself? I don't have to actually. Well, what do you mean? Like, I mean, I with just so show much up. competition. Right, but I, if I just show up and say hi, and they're already interested, because I'm something different. Like I told you, in this industry, besides being a woman, that's already very rare. Uh, I'm a foreigner. And there's not many uh, logistics companies in Taiwan who hire foreigners. There's very few, maybe um, the foreign companies who have branches here, but many of the locals don't. Mm -hmm. So if we were to look at uh, foreign uh, logistics companies, yes, the management level is probably uh, from other countries who has been appointed here. But oh. you don't see them all the time. You don't get to see them much. Uh -huh. Because, you know, they're they're always traveling or they're taking care of things not mm -hmm. in the on, on the field. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but whereas I get involved more in the field, and that's probably because I have the I don't have a language barrier, mm -hmm. so my company prefers me to go out there and get to know these people because that's my sale, that's my opportunity. Oh, okay, that's what makes me different to the rest of the companies. Right, but that's the social part. Yeah. But your actual job, you still go out there more. 
Yeah, instead so, of being on the phone or using computer yeah, and just out. you go out. I'm always traveling. Actually, sometimes okay. I have two to three trips back to back. Okay, you're not talking yeah. about abroad. I mean, abroad. you do go up abroad. abroad as well. Yeah. Okay, and within Taiwan, do you also go out there? Like you actually go to the docks? Yeah, I, <laughs> or well, I don't have to. Not necessarily. I don't have to unless okay. there's a crisis. Aha. Uh-huh. Or unless I have to make a deal with someone. Yeah. For example, um, with the with the dead ports, what we call depots. Oh, okay. That's where they uh, store the empty containers. Uh-huh. I go out there myself because I have to arrange a deal with the uh, container yard. Yeah. Company. Oh, that is so yeah. cool. Right. Yeah. It so. sounds really cool to us. <laughs> <laughs> But if you do this every day, you probably really. Uh, um, not exactly. nec- not every day, no. Not oh, okay, not every day. day. Yeah. Right. If I can solve things over the phone and ma- by mail, then sure. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, that is so cool. Mm. Can you like run through like a day, one day at work? You know, Jenna's one day at work. What do you do? What what time do you get to the office? Uh, nine. Tell. Okay. <laughs> And then, like everybody else, what's the first so thing you first do? First thing I do is drink coffee, of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, after yes. coffee. Uh, well, I look at emails. Uh, th- that's what we all have to do when we first get into the office. You mm-hmm. have to read your emails and you know get back to people on time, especially since there's time difference. Yeah. You need to update people. Right. Sometimes I'm straight into phone calls because I have to speak with people who are about to go to sleep but still can communicate with me. Uh huh. Yeah, like uh, people in the states at that time, it's maybe eight nine p.m. Yeah, so I could still get in touch with them if they have a question or I have to you know solve a problem for them or they have an inquiry. So basically, it's phone calls and emails until lunchtime. And then yes, and then um, over lunch, I get busy either going to the gym. Uh-huh. I squeeze in a right. workout. Okay, just you know to replenish your day. Yeah, because you need the energy after speaking so much. Oh, you true. know, some days I go home and I don't want to talk. talk to anybody at all. Mm. Yeah, yeah, just stay silent. Yeah. So yeah, at lunch either I'm at the gym working out or I spend that time on my social media. Okay. Uh, because uh, I have established the Women's in Logistics Club. And that's the very topic we're going to get to in the next episode. So do join me again as you hear Jenna Tata talk about this Women's Logistics Club. For in the spotlight, I'm Shirley Lin. For tuning in to Radio Taiwan International, Taiwan's national broadcaster, we hope you enjoyed our programs. You can catch all of our latest news, audio, and video features on our website at en.rti.org.tw. Again, go to our website en.rti.org.tw for engaging news, videos, and programs about Taiwan. If you like to hang out on social media, RTI is there too. Our Facebook URL is Radio Taiwan International, and you can watch our engaging video features, including the weekly news magazine program Taiwan Insider, on our YouTube channel, RTI English. Again, our YouTube channel is RTI English. 
For those who enjoy the Twitter sphere, our handle for Taiwan Insider is at Taiwan Insider. For RTI English, it's at Radio Taiwan underscore ENG. And if you'd like to enjoy us on your smartphone, just download our app RTI to go. That's one of the best ways to enjoy all our news, videos, and programs. That's RTI to go. If you're a shortwave listener, we have two channels in Asia. For South Asia, tune into 6100 kilohertz from 1600 to 1700 UTC. To Southeast Asia, you can hear us on 15320 kilohertz from 0300 to 0400 UTC. We would love to know what you think of our programs. Email us at english at rti.org.tw. Thank you again for tuning in to Radio Taiwan International.